two, three. Good job, Tins. Actually. Tins, did you clap? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it either. Okay. Um, welcome back, everyone, <laughs> to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void. The gang is back together recording episode two, but before we get too far into the weeds with that, uh, Brian, I think you listened to it today. Brian, you want to give us a recap? I absolutely did not, but that's okay. Okay, cool. Uh, So so when when you asked Joe to send it out so you could feel caught up, you just didn't do any of that? I mean, so like I'm by myself at work this week, so it's extremely busy. Um, But the three of us, Mortimer, Jimmy, and June were kidnapped taken to a secret void hideout forced to duel other uh, people to the for the opportunity to join void the void team void I guess um, obviously the three of us succeeded in various um, succeed in quotation marks uh, ways um, and we met we were introduced to Geneva and she <laughs> Geneva Geneva <laughs> Geneva Geneva. Geneva, Geneva, yeah. Geneva. I'm going to call it, she's calling, I'm calling her Geneva. Um, and she is showing, going to be, I guess, our guide or our team captain kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she's the, the, you're all's like squad leader, essentially kind of you're all's a camp counselor of the, the hideout, <laughs> if you will. Um, and also just something to note, you guys got those uh, team, uh, team void grunt watches. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And the watch is what's important about those is um, they are blood synced to the individual and then the Pokemon are synced to the watch. So um, it keeps the Pokemon associated to the person so they can't be stolen and used or or used by another trainer or something along those lines. So um, episode two, we said, um, uh, let's start with leveling up. So we'll get the trainer levels up to two. We'll get your all starting Pokemon up to level two. Um, Joe, it sounds like you might already have that sorted. So I'll go over to you since Tins just pulled out the largest, uh, <laughs> paper towel I've ever seen in my life to wipe off his face. And, uh, we'll start with you, Joe. What do you got? Uh, all right. Jesus, will, is that a t-shirt? Uh, no, it's like two half <laughs> paper white towels. Towel. It's a completely normal sized paper towel. I don't believe you. Um, yeah, so level two, uh, when you level your trainer up to two, you, um, you, well, actually we leveled our Pokemon up to level two, which thus, I think by the rule book, I have to actually look this up or maybe we're just going kind of like our own, our own thing. Didn't you write the rule book? Yeah. I just got to check. It's been a while. <laughs> so yeah, like technically by the rule book, we don't level our characters up to level two and until we have three Poke levels. But if we're doing both at the same time, uh, I leveled Aaron up to level two and Pokemon at level two get new moves. So that was pretty sweet. Um, I took average HP and I gave it a nature and the nature was cocky. Uh, What cocky does, let me check. Cocky adds uh, two to its strength, but subtracts its charisma by two. And the moves I selected, I had uh, Harden Mud Slap earlier, and I selected Metal Claw and Rock Tomb. So I'm pretty excited about that. I got a ground move, I got a rock move, I got a steel move, and a normal move. So, you know, multiple types. Um, as for June, when she leveled up to, for two, I took uh, average HP there. 
Um, you also select a specialization at level one, which we didn't talk about, and a trainer path at level two. So I chose martial artist as my level two specialization, which gives me plus one to strength, con, or dex, and then I get a plus one to any uh, skill check I have by my fighting Pokemon. Don't have one of those yet, but maybe. Um, I just figured that fit with character, kind of rough and tough girl. Um, and then my trainer path, I chose Commander. Um, it says you rule over your Pokemon with an iron fist, demanding respect and forming an unbreakable bond with your team. And I figured maybe not the iron fist part, but at least like being extremely loyal. Uh, she's always been very loyal to her friends or family. Um, I figured that fit with her kind of style. And what happens with that at level two is my starter's loyalty immediately goes to its max level of loyal, which gives me some bonuses, some temporary HP, um, and some, uh, saving throw bonuses automatically. Um, and then the rest of the trainer path is basically based off that loyalty thing and just a strong bond with the Pokemon that you have. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped about that. That's my, that's my character. Excellent. Excellent. And, um, just the sense of the game instead of like, our, you know, obviously they got to choose the trainer path and specifications, uh, for their trainer. Um, but, you know, we really pushed, uh, for them to choose something that fits to their background, which is what would lend them to be this. So instead of thinking of it as they've developed these skills, it's more of thinking of this is who they always were and this is how it applies to them being a Pokemon trainer or thrust into, uh, that role. So, uh, thanks, Joe, and the new and, uh, new and approved June. Uh, Tins, why don't you go through uh, your quick level up for us? Sure. So Timber went level two. I actually also picked Cocky for Timber, uh, which gives him extra strength but cuts his charisma. Uh, and when he leveled up to level two, he got low kick, which is a fighting type move. Um... He is a fighting type, right? I think. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, he also got bide. So bide, pound, low kick, and focus energy. Uh, so that's Tim Burr. And when Jimmy leveled up, I took the... We're doing specialization and... And, and uh, trainer path. Yep. And trainer path. Okay. Uh, so specialization, I took his charmer, which adds... Uh, one to my charisma, which is why I took it. And it also, uh, gives a plus one bonus to all skill checks by, made by any of your fairy type Pokemon. So hopefully I'll find a fairy type Pokemon somewhere along the way. Uh, and I, for my trainer path, I picked Grunt. Grunt is, uh, sort of the aspiring evil team member. And what that does is it gives you proficiency in deception, stealth, or sleight of hand. I already have proficiency in deception, sleight of hand, so I'll take stealth. Um, and once per Pokemon battle, I can impose disadvantage on an opponent's attack roll or saving throw. And that's just oh, an instantaneous action? That's actually when I reach level five. So I guess I we don't get anything right now. No, you get something immediately. It's in the first description, and then five, nine, and you get fifteen. I think additional oh, specialization. Hey, take an additional specialization. What fun! Well, then, heck, what a what other specialization? <laughs> I didn't prepare for that. So, because you chose Grunt, you actually get to select another specialization. 
is yeah. what you're saying. Um, you since you didn't think about that, you want to put that on ice for uh, while Brian kind of goes through his, and maybe we'll bounce back over to you. No, I have a plan. <laughs> okay, settle down, for everybody. A change. <laughs> Double charmer. Can you do that? I just no. decided no. I, well, I was going to take uh, Shadow, but it was going to give me pr- proficiency in something I already have pr- proficiency in. But instead, I'm going to say that this unlocks the fact that Jimmy um, is like a Taekwondo nerd. Um, who He got a black belt when he was like eight years old, and he takes it very seriously. And he, for that reason, is a martial artist as well, which will increase my dex by one and give a plus one bonus to skill checks made by my fighting Pokemon. So becoming a, a Team Void has unlocked your your memories <laughs> of watching too many kung fu movies, and suddenly, yes. and suddenly, he exactly. is he is a martial artist. <laughs> Excellent. And then for, for HP and stuff, uh, did you just take the average, or did you roll on that one? I just did whatever the app does. Or oh, for myself, That's average correct. That's a, so average. So yeah. average. So average for yours. You're going to take average for yourself, and you took average for your Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Brian, aka Mortimer Finch, bring us through the old man. All right. Uh, so for Ghastly, leveling him up to level two, uh, took sh- what's it called? The nimble nature. Is that yep. right? That's what it's got. So which gives me uh, minus two strength, but plus one AC. At level two, I unlocked two new moves to go along with Hypnosis and Lick, which are Spite and Mean Look. So that'll be... Um, is, uh, um, what, what, type of, uh, what type of moves are those? Mean Look is normal. Yeah. And Spite sp- is Ghost. Nice. Which is all, Lick is also Ghost, and then Hypnosis is Psychic. Perfect. Um, so another thing to reinforce, um, with your, your all different types of moves, lick hypnosis and things like that, we're going to be using those in all sorts of situations. So don't forget that, you know, as I kind of showed with, uh, hypno in the first episode, you can use that stuff on people. Perfect. So keep that in mind. Keep that, that in mind. Dope. You know, that's, that's another reason why it was a good transition for you to get uh, a hypnosis based Pokemon and me be able to do that in the first episode. Anyways, so that's Ghastly. Uh, walk us through uh, Mortimer. Sure. So for Mortimer, I am taking the Mountaineer specialization, which makes sense. I'm a minor. Uh, increase strength, con, or dex by plus one, and then add a plus one bonus to all skill checks made by any of your rock Pokemon, obviously, which I have none of at the moment. Um, I'm going to put that plus one bonus into uh, Constitution. And then for my trainer path, I am going to take or choose the nurse trainer path. Uh, which says you have a pure heart and a healing spirit. You want it the best for your Pokemon, and that involves always keep them, keeping them in tip-top shape. When you choose this path, gain proficiency in the medicine skill. At each long rest or Pokemon center visit, your held Pokemon gain temporary hit points equal to your level. That's awesome. That's going to that's gonna make your Pokemon pretty freaking stout. Increased hit points, increased AC, at least for Ghastly. Hopefully it'll be off to a good start. I, I, I think you're in wonderful shape. So that being said, you guys uh, are with Geneva at the end of episode one. She said, hey, let's take a tour. Um, so what do you guys say we take a tour? Let's do it. Sure. Geneva, uh, I'd love a tour. <laughs> 
All right, Toxicroak, can you please follow behind these three? Make sure we don't lose any stragglers. And as she's walking, so you guys were kind of still in that room where you did the first battles. And as, as I explained in episode one, like at the far end of the room is that open door to the right where all the people were getting pulled out. And then that like kind of like like ironclad door to the left. And that's still closed. Um, and she doesn't walk you in that direction. She walks you through the open door. And it's, uh, it's kind of a long hallway. Um, at the end of the long hallway is an elevator. There's nothing really in that hallway. Uh, a couple other Team Void members just kind of loitering. And as she's walking down this hallway, she's like, All right, everyone, listen up. And she kind of lifts up her left hand where her Team Void watch is. And she goes, This is your express pass to anywhere in here. You, you being grunts have access to certain levels of this facility. By the time she explained the, explains this to you... Um, you get to this elevator at the end of the end of the hallway. She kind of presses a button, lights up orange, and get in. She's like, let's start from the top. And she actually hits uh, level zero. Um, and you feel the elevator go up and pulls you all up. And as you guys get to the first uh, first floor, the doors kick open, and she, she walks you all out. It's like, this is what the remnants uh, of... Uh, an old Pokemon laboratory where we kind of keep it intact to kind of hide what we've got going on down below. Um, But as you can see, we kind of expertly kept it in tatters. And she points to a couple corners in the room where there's cameras um, and maybe some some rubble placed a little too accurately. So it might actually be a booby trap of some sort, um, things of that nature. And, you know, she, there's there's not much else to see. It's just kind of a lab that's kind of in ruins. Um, she turns to you all, Any, anything else to see here? Or can we get to, like, the... The like crux of this thing? Gen- Geneva, I must, I must say, this looks devoid of uh, any useful information. <laughs> she just, like, looks at the camera like Jim Halpert and just... June like, shakes her head so like just hard. Flat faces, <laughs> and she and and she points at the opposite end of uh, from the elevator and goes, "That's the that's that's where you guys will be walking in. You 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 essentially key card in with your watch, and then you can key card into the elevator." Um, Gen- Geneva, Geneva, what? So why can't we access the rest of the facilities? What's the ranking system here? How do we climb the ranks, so to speak? Uh, you, you climb the ranks by uh, furthering the cause, you know, doing your duties, gaining more responsibility, uh, building trust within the 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 tasks given to you. Um, the hierarchy isn't really important to you right now. Uh, I think it's just important for you to level set uh, where you actually are. Now, when I say you get access to the facility, you're not cut off from everything. Uh, but there are some some floors that you don't have access to until until you do progress. We'll say in our trust hierarchy, our hierarchy of trust. And she kind of turns on her heel and gets back in the elevator, hits the button, steps inside, um, and she scans her watch, uh, her Team Void watch, on kind of like this key card placard. Um, and she turns to you guys like, we're going to go to ground floor two. Uh, ground floor one was where you just were. That's where we had kind of that training ground. We call it our, the training grounds is that open space where you guys battled your Pokemon. Through that 
ironclad door is uh, kind of our supply depot. Um, you all don't have access to that, but if you require special things for missions going out, you can go there. Um, and uh, behind that as well is kind of where we keep all the security for our building, cameras, electronics, things of that nature that kind of keep us uh, under the radar. But I think you guys are going to really appreciate uh, ground floor two. And as she says that, the doors kick open to ground floor two. And this is just sprawling out in front of you. It's kind of like a setup, almost like a, the... F- like a food court to the uh, like of a mall it kind of opens up it's kind of like a, a hub around uh, very similar to the arcane tower uh, <laughs> I was gonna say June looks for uh, Farrah's falafel hut Where's, it looks, where's it the looks falafels like, uh, I want some falafels damn it uh, unlike the arcane tower um, it doesn't have a falafel hut um, but she just kind of points in each uh, each corner so we'll say it's, it's, a, it's a square with kind of each corner has like its own entrance. Um, and she points and everything's pretty well, uh, pretty, pretty well uh, titled, like labeled, excuse me. And she, she points to the left-hand corner uh, and there's the Black Void Market. And across the way, that's our gambling corner. Over in that corner over there, that's the Null and Void. And right here to my right is the Inkwell. Where do you all want to start? What's the Null and Void? So the Null and Void has kind of like these cheeky, kind of like Wild West swinging doors in front of it. And uh, the Null and Void kind of going through the the, the font is uh, like a tentacruel tentacle for, uh, for a Pokemon reference. And at the end is just a stein of beer. Sweet. That's a bar. Got it. Did you say gambling? <laughs> gambling corner yes across the way and that one's just like a shitty old neon sign that's just like Doot. like it just blinks and, <laughs> Doot, Doot, and it kind of like sporadically goes in and out uh but it's like no clever name just the gambling corner <laughs> okay. is that because you couldn't think of one or that's because that's what it is <laughs> uh just because i thought amongst the other three which i actually thought of names for i thought it would be funny to have one just be like that's awesome. It's a gambling corner. It's kind of degenerate, no name. Like it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> what does the inkwell look like? Uh, the inkwell, since it's right next to you, you, can kind of peer in, and it's a tattoo parlor. Oh, sick! Well, I'm open. Uh, June's kind of just like taking it all in, looking around. You know, catching the eyes of some people. They're obviously giving her weird looks. That you know, they're you, we're the newbies, I guess, in town. Jimmy is already strolling over to the gambling area. To uh, Geneva's like, huh, I, uh, uh, a gambling, gambling corner it is, gambling corner it is, and and she like, like kind of like hustles past you, so she's like back in the lead of you, and then to- and then to- to- Toxicroak, Toxicroak is kind of like ushering Mortimer along to kind of like follow the group, and um, as, as you go into the gambling corner, you see um. It's kind of like uh, like an arcade prize wall, kind of like right when you walk in, like straight ahead of you. Um, on this prize wall are just random things that look like uh, potions, uh, gems, um, other miscellaneous items that you may or may not be able to identify. Um, some gold Pokeballs are actually just sitting on the wall as well. Um, and then to the right are uh, three circular tables 
there only two of them have a couple people in there uh, playing a, a couple games of cards. I love cards. I sit at the table with two people at it. Jude's gonna kind of hang back uh, and like, <laughs> like, kind of nudge Geneva, and she's you know watching Jimmy kind of like do his thing, and she's just like. Geneva, is there? Do we have an appointment at a certain time? Like, should we be? Is there some action? Should we be doing something here? Or she, she looks like she kind of like peers over at you and does like the hand to throat, like, Mm-mm, like this isn't happening. Like, we don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> but d- doesn't impose. She, she actually leans across the um, <laughs> like the uh, the arcade prize wall uh, where there's this. Like snidely whiplash, like thin mustachioed man <laughs> with a fedora on, and uh, she goes, uh, Pierre Luc, and she just kind of like points at at Jimmy's back as he's like tr- gallivanting with the two people at the table, and <laughs> he goes, of course, of course, and he pulls out his own pokeball, and he just rolls it across the table and cracks open. And right next to Jimmy uh, materializes an enormous gray uh, four-armed behemoth um, with, with just this gold wrestling belt around its weight and just the skivvy trunks um, of a mat wrestler. And this uh, Machamp grabs Jimmy uh, on the shoulders with his top pair of arms and around the hips with his bottom pair of arms and just lifts him up and sets him <laughs> back down uh, facing uh, Pierre-Luc, the uh, the gambling corner, uh, we'll say uh, owner for the sake of argument, but, you know, supervisor, superintendent too. Um, oh, thank you, Machamp. Thank you, Machamp. And he just returns <laughs> Machamp and he goes... Geneva, all yours. Good luck. And he walks over to the to the end of the arcade uh, prize thing and just kind of watches so Jimmy can't go back to the table. He says, okay, no gambling in the gambling room. What Mortimer do you guys want to do? Geneva goes, Mortimer. not... She goes, not yet. You're not quite on your own time yet. But glad to see I've finally found something that you're interested in that might keep you here. Mortimer is just standing behind uh, Geneva and June just flipping through pages of his book that he carries around looking at the pages. Geneva eyes that not suspiciously, but just kind of like keeping an eye like, um, I thought in my notes, it said he couldn't read. It's kind of like her mental thought. <laughs> and, uh, she, she kind of like gives like a two finger salute to, to the pit boss, Pierre Luc, and, um, kind of ushers you back out of the gambling corner. And she goes there. You can gamble on anything. You can gamble uh, on you. You're the Pokemon you own. You can gamble for money. You can buy new Pokemon there. Um, you can get a litany of items, healing, adventure based, uh, personal based. If you're into those sorts of uh, nefarious goods, but the gambling corner is your center for degeneracy here in Team Void. Where to next? June. June is kind of like. You know, we we talked about this in episode one, but she's still she's still uh, very curious and interested in how Team Void is getting a hold of all these Pokemon because she, you know, has always known or thought that they didn't exist anymore. So she's going to ask that to Geneva. Geneva, what? Why? How did you get all these Pokemon? What do you mean by Pokemon? You have more of them? Yeah, we have to have uh, something uh, of worth for people to spend uh, the money we give them on successful missions on. Um, 
But as I mentioned before, we are on every region of the of this earth, and we breed them, we catch them. Um, we have several, uh, you know, several Pokemon of the same type because of these breeding practices. Um, and we actually have a couple folks, uh, a couple people in our midst whose sole job is to scour the, the earth for the remaining Pokemon and, and capture them so that we can bring them into captivity, ensure there's, uh, their fate is, uh, uh, continued their future actually exists and breed more into existence and over time the relationship of team void and pokemon has been one of collaborative friendship to essentially as i mentioned before swing the pendulum uh back towards uh a natural habitat for these creatures jennifer jennifer i'm i'm really confused (laughs) um so I've got Ghastly, and 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 Jimmy's got Timber. When you breed them, what do they? What does it come out? Of? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I? I I thought I had the only Ghastly. I've got the only Ghastly. Is that right? Is that how Pokemon work? I don't. I don't know the inventory of all our Pokemon. I I don't know. Like I myself only have one Pokemon. Toxicroak, and she but, just throws a, th- a thumb over her shoulder. I'm not one of the breeders. Like we all have a role here. I'm, but, I, you know, I I follow the same path as you. Not as a scientist <laughs> or a breeder or uh, a survivalist that goes out and finds them. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm an executor of of missions. Jen, Jen, I'm a simpleton. Yeah, you're misunderstanding. Okay. <laughs> You misunderstand. I love for those of you watching the video. I love that Brian's whole body gets into character. He's literally hunched okay. over, like okay. first sweating. Off, first off, I am committed. Okay, I'm I think doing, it's fantastic. I'm doing my I best. Love it. So, Geneva, you're saying there's is there more than one toxic croak? I'm confused. As far as I know, do I know if there's one? I can't say for certain, but I wouldn't see why there wouldn't be. Oh. I think, uh, uh, Morty. I think Pokemon don't, are don't like. Call me Morty. First off, my name's uh, Mo- my name's Mortimer. Uh, I we don't know each other that well. I choose. We don't uh, know each other that well yet, Junebug. Um. Oh come on! <laughs> uh, now you're definitely Morty. Uh, I I like the question. Do do Gasly's fuck? That seems to be what Mort's <laughs> getting at here. I'm I'm just wanting to know in case I run into another Gasly in the wild. How do I differentiate between my Ghastly and their Ghastly? Like, should I give my Ghastly a, a, a name? Should I name him, like, Rick? June holds up her watch, and she says, Morty, it's the watch. We're, they explained this already. We're connected. You won't be connected to any other Ghastly. You could give it a little hat. Can I give him a name? You could... Geneva is like flabbergasted right now. She's like, she's like, she she like looks past Mortimer and just sees Pierre Luc dying laughing. He's just like, he's just right inside, and the pit boss is buckled over. He is losing his shit right now, and she she just looks Mortimer. She goes, "I am, I don't fucking care. Name it whatever you want. Just I like." Geneva, thanks. Every everything should have a name. Gasly's name is now Rick. Rick, Rick. and Morty. Nope, Rick Gasly. 
So Mortimer Richard and his Gasly. It's Mortimer. Rick. I'm Mortimer Finch, and that's Rick Gasly. So Gasly is his Rick last Gasly. name. <laughs> I get it. Like Rick. And it's Mortimer and like, and it's Rick and Morty. Good quality content there. That's two there, puns level, in one. Levels on levels on levels. Uh, uh, the Xbox thing just popped up at the bottom of my screen. It said achievement unlocked. Well done. Well done. Um, and uh, Geneva is just like, oh god. And she's like, oh, do you want to go see anything else? Like I. She's just like, uh, like disgusted with the situation. You tell me, this is our employee orientation. What is there to see? (laughs) I was June's looking off towards the null and void, just saying, "Listen, if we if we gotta wait for some kind of appointment or something, I gotta at least get a drink. Let's get a drink. Yeah, I I could use a strong setsa." And and, uh, Geneva just nods in agreement and just. You see her shoulders just slumped down, and she's like, Christ, <laughs> these are the three I got. And she's she walks, she leads you all over to the null and void. You push open the, the two swinging doors, and it is a like dimly lit, just kind of like very bare bones, like wood bar, wood tables all over the place. There's like shitty like techno music playing, like, but not loud. It's just like to cause a buzz to like break up the any silence that might have been in there um and in the back at the bar just screaming at patrons get your hands off that get your hands off that and he's it's just an old man like whipping a, a towel at two drunk uh like void members and um as as you all funnel in she's like and that is your is is your bartender and over there and you just see this little ball of of matted fur just with huge like like boxing glove like hands and and <laughs> little feet jumping on a table just getting super jazzed up just throwing punches into uh, a, a rowdy patron and that over there is his pokemon the primate they run this place and she walks up to the bar <laughs> and goes hey Ricketts <laughs> four beers please and he's like get off of that he's like I'm coming get off of there and he's like whipping his towel and runs over pours four beers slams them on the bar and then just shouts right past you Tug you get them the fuck out of here you get them out of here the primate hops up and down, lays in a, a like a huge KO on this drunk void member, and throws him through the double doors with a seismic toss. And you are now in the null and void with a, with some beers in front of you. I Wait, are this. our Pokemon out? I, I put mine away. I want mine to be following me around. I release my timber from his prison. Timber has been released from his ball prison, so he can sit. So he can sit on a bench next to me, and I pat him on his little head. Seeing that, uh, I think June will like pull up a stool, slide her beer towards her, and then just like tap the pokeball on the bar. And Aaron like crashes down outside of this pokeball, just slams down on the bar, maybe splintering it a bit. He's like 115 pounds. I think I looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what timbers. 
dimensions are. Uh, Mortimer's going to let Rick out, obviously, and and Rick's just going to kind of float uh, right on top of Mortimer's head, so it almost looks like he's sitting on his hat. Can uh, Pokemon drink, or is it like dogs where it's poison for them? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aaron is definitely, like, sticking his little metal tongue into June's giant mug, and June kind of pulls it away. He's like, get off that. I would like another beer for my friend here. I motion to Timber. Uh, Ricketts, again, like, just peers into your soul and looks at <laughs> looks at Geneva and goes, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> and then, like, hops over the bar and is just, like, yelling at his primate and leaves the bar unattended. So if you'd want to do something to get, your, get Timber a beer, by all means. But he, Ricketts isn't pouring your Timber a beer. Jimmy pours Timber a beer. <laughs> timber has a beer. Okay. <laughs> hey, Ricketts. Ricketts. I'm glad we established that. Ricketts, what's this beer called? I the beer. Like I don't. We only have one kind. It's beer. You I don't, don't have like a house special. It's not a Bud Light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's he's just shouting. He's like, I don't know what a Bud Light is, but that is <laughs> that is beer. There's beer and then brown. When he says brown, he points, and it's just like unmarked bottles of brown liquid, of just like on a shelf behind the bar. He's like beer and brown. Uh, she she kind of looks back at her Aaron, who's devouring this beer um, out of her glass. She tried to push him away a couple times, but it's just not happened. And she takes into consideration what Rick had said, and she says, "You know what?" Maybe Morty's right. Maybe we should give you a name. I'm going to call you Bud. And she kind of like pats him on the head. Um, based on your your uh, trainer path, and uh, Aaron is like elated. It just kind of <laughs> just elated. Like got a name, had some beer, feeling great. Your bond is the strongest it could be. Um, Geneva, like you look over to her and she has her entire beer is gone. <laughs> And she just she just leans on the bar and kind of leans over. She goes, "Since we're taking a little uh, a little moment here, uh, I guess I'll tell you some other things the Void Watch does. You can to communicate to each other since you're all in a group. It's programmed that way. Uh, I can't believe I have to say this. You guys can reach me. Uh, I mean." Um, the, the void watch can identify most Pokemon. You just tilt it and press the, the button on the bottom, right? Um, it'll identify Pokemon and tell you a little bit about it. Uh, and it'll like, anytime you see those key reader to void hideouts, satellite operations, anything else, um, provided you have a high enough ranking access, you can buzz yourself in with the, with the watches. June immediately points her watch at the primate and pushes a button Let me, and uh, forces the DM to look up this. St- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's magic. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. There's there's a there's a way to, to look up what, what they are here. There is actually, and I will mention this to the other guys too. If you go into your app, there's a pokey. There's like a Pokédex, and you can sh- you can like type in what you've seen and what you've caught. 
And if you look up Primate, it'll show you, it'll tell you the uh, dex entry pretty quickly. So I just happen to be on a different page. So if it's different from what the app is, it's just because I'm not reading it from the app. But your your watch like kind of like whirs for a second, and then Primate. Once Primate begins its strongest attack, Thrash, it goes completely out of control. And as like you hear that readout, it's just Ricketts and Primate just manhandling each other they like clearly gotten in an <laughs> argument at like between when he walked over there and they are that literally looks like they're thrashing at he at each other right now just like knocking <laughs> through a table just screaming at each other Geneva, i just want to tell you how i'm feeling um i i gotta make you understand okay sure what are we doing here because <laughs> we've we've um we did the whole uh, Jimmy gambling thing, and we've done the whole drinky thing. Um, are we just like having a good time, or like should we go like check out the tattoo thing? Because um, Jimmy looks like the type, or does like I mean, like I I think we're ready to go on our first mission. Um, we are probably the best uh team going for Team Void at the moment. In the background, you just hear <laughs> as beer spews across the back of the bar. Uh, just uh, Geneva, just leaning back at the bar, bar, just kind of looking sad at Mortimer. And uh, she just goes, well, normally people's um, people's existence is mediocre at best. We like to hit them with the tour of what we've got going on. Usually that's kind of a thing we get to use to entice uh, individuals to stay once we kind of look into why they're there uh, or why why we've brought you here. Um, clearly that's not the case with you all. Just so many questions um, that honestly, I guess we should just go ahead and tackle at this point. the The market's a market. It's figure it out later. <laughs> uh, and the inkwell will. Jesus, she's just like, oh, Ricketts, Ricketts. I need like eight beers. Just bring them to the table. And she ushers you all away from the bar to uh, to a table in the corner of the null and void. This is Joe. I am your June, and this is 2020. Happy New Year. Um, this episode, if you are not a patron, is uh, the second episode of the new year. If you are a patron, then you got episode one back on, on Christmas. We released that early. So welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the Pokemon 5e campaign. Um, like before, you can find all of the links to our Discord, Twitter, Facebook, all any way you want to get in touch with us um, through the episode description. And if you want to learn more about the Pokemon 5e system and how we're running this thing, uh, you can find that in the episode description as well. Anything you would like, uh, we'll be also putting up some merchandise on our Redbubble page with our new character and um, system stuff. So look out for that. T-shirts, mugs, anything, bumper stickers, stickers, anything you could want with the either the Void logo or our favorite character, your favorite character, or whatever. You can find on our Redbubble page, and that is also um, on 
the episode description. So check that out. Um, I want to give a real big shout out to our $10 or more patrons. These are master trainers at their level. They get a shout out here in the middle of the episode, every episode, and they get the uh, behind the scenes video unedited. And I think there were a lot of (laughs) edits in this episode, especially in episode three too. look out for that. But they get the video, the whole thing, our whole recording um, so check that out if you want to get involved. You don't even have to donate $10. Um, if you want other perks, music, or, you know, special, we have a special Discord um, channel just for patrons to talk and links to early uh, early episodes and all that kind of stuff. So you can go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern, get involved that way. So here we go. $10 or more are master trainers. Holly Roxana. Jamal was my favorite until he sold out. Now it's Kirk. Rockin' R's Woodshop. Strive for Honor. Sam J.O. Melton. Jason Cumberland. Team Eugene. Charles Hollow. Chris Nelson. Ethan Johnson. Adam Hoffling. Nasty Neal. Mark Deacon. Matthew Watson. Raver E. Alice. Brandon Galbraith. Super Average Jason. Michelle Stevens. Brandon Endicott. Grant Trickle. Liquor Locker. Jace Harper, Jonathan Zeman, Max Bender, Dash Cole, Andre K, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, I'm just saying, saying, oh, I get it, Dragon Ball Z, and Kyle Roberts. Thank you all so much for your donations to the show. Uh, your support means the world. And thank you all to all your listeners for tuning in. Episode two. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you stick with us and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Peace out. just kind of rolls off the bar and slams into the floor <laughs> creating and, a uh, divot of some sort i presume yeah. now there's a dent in the tile which is probably already broken of the nil and void and he waddles himself over following june happily uh to the table toxicroak actually sits on her toxicroak sits on the table next to next to where you all are, are surrounded and she ha- kind of seems to like materialize a little like notebook out of her pocket and is just flipping through like angrily, like just. <laughs> and she goes, all right, uh, Mortimer, that diary of yours with the void logo on it. I'm surprised you have no more interest of being here, but, you know, you'd think for somebody that can't read symbols would balance into something for you. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your diary, see if it lines up with what we've got on you and, uh, why we brought you here. I, uh, well, this, first off, this isn't my diary. It was, um, my wife Tilly's, uh, and recently, well, not recently, but you know, she had, she's passed away and then going through her stuff, I found this in her belongings, I'm going to be honest, the, there's no writing in it. It's just a bunch of drawings and stick figures. I don't know what any of it is. I I think, like seeing seeing that um, that Pokemon thing earlier, the one with the big belt thing, like there's uh, there's some of those like in there, and I was I try and match it up, maybe? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, figure things out. Geneva kind of furrows her brow and like flips a couple more pages in her notebook. And she's just kind of looking at it. She goes, now I'm assuming your wife was around the same age as you, or was she younger or older? 
Oh, I mean, we were roughly the same age, I think. I mean, I, I really don't... I'm somewhere like 55 to 60, you know, grow, where I come from, where they don't really care. They just throw you in the mines. Um, but she was she was the town physician. And, uh, you know, so she helped me learn to, you know, take care of the boys whenever one of us got hurt in the mines. Um, and she really brought out, you know, that, that caring and compassionate side of me, which is uh, really just the best part of me. I'm just, I'm just the best part of me. Geneva's now flipping through her notes and she like, you kind of see her again furrow her brow and she kind of looks a little bit confused as she's kind of like rereading some of the notes and you just see her kind of produce a pen, like click it a couple times. Then like you can distinctly see her draw into her notebook, like a couple question marks, like near uh, some bullet point or some note she had. And she flips back and she goes, how old were you when you met Tilly? Oh, I was, must have been 15, 20 years ago. I mean, I was, I'd been working in the mines for 25 years. So, I don't know, 45, 40? Interesting. She, and he, she, uh, uh, Geneva writes, writes something down again. And she goes, can I look through the journal real quick? Uh, Mortimer slowly hands over Tilly's journal. Um, Geneva quickly flips through it and identifies some of the drawings as, uh, as Pokemon that have been quickly sketched out. And she just kind of like smiles and hands it back and, uh, goes, how much do you know about your wife before you met? I mean, she showed up in town one day and she was good at healing people. Uh, I mean, before that, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't really talk about our lives before. I mean, I was always a minor, and I guess I assumed she was always like a physician. Interesting. Well, in my notes here, we have, uh, we have notes about you specifically, um, and I ha- haven't really been able to tie it back to us. That's not really, I'm not, I'm not in recruitment. Um, but I think it would behoove you to find some of the older uh, Void members around here and maybe ask them how much they know about Tilly. Um, I know our head of recruitment's pretty old and probably a solid chance that he's uh, familiar with, uh, with Tilly when, when she joined Team Void. You don't get these journals otherwise. Sweet Tilly's toenails! <laughs> You mean, are you telling me that Tilly was also a Team Void member? Well, the, these journals are actually kind of a relic of, uh, of the past. Before we got to uh, the watches, before we got to the watches, we had um, essentially what looked like a, a notepad. It was a digital notepad that would, that would read what Pokemon were, do similar functions to the watch. And before that, um, so we could keep uh, a good running log of everything. We had these specifically made and uh, um, specifically made engineered field notebooks uh, for some of our members that would go out and uh, try and locate and scout areas to find new Pokemon. And this is a very specific subset of an item that only a few people would have had in that time period. So yes, I'm saying she was a team void member at some point in her life. That that makes a lot more sense. I thought maybe she had just like 
worked on and operated on some really weird shaped people. That is, <laughs> I mean, maybe she did that too. I'm not going to claim to know your wife's whole history, um, but, but I think it's safe to say that uh, your your connection through your wife to Team Void is uh, is why we brought you here. Honestly, maybe because somebody higher up has a soft heart for somebody that works too damn hard and looks like they're having a miserable time. And uh, maybe Team Void was their way of giving you an out to something else. Or maybe pay homage to a cause that your wife believed in. I'm not going to hazard a guess to that. That's for you to find out. But uh, it makes a little clear with these notes uh, why you might have been brought here. So the symbol on the front is a V and not a maze? Certainly not a maze. If it is a maze, it's the easiest maze to solve of all time, um, which I'm sure you've conquered numerous numerous attempts. I have failed every time. Mortimer, we'll get you there, buddy. We'll get you there. And she, uh, like, if she hadn't handed the notebook back, she hands it back over to Mortimer. And uh, um, she kind of swivels over to June and is starting to look through her notes, uh, through her notebook. And she goes, uh, June, I feel, uh, unless my notes aren't as accurate as, uh, uh, unless my notes aren't as good as uh, we wanted them to be for Mortimer, I feel like you've got a family tie too, which might be why you're here. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, she listening to Morty's story, I guess she's a little bit more open to opening up, but she still has a look of confusion on her face as to how Geneva would possibly know that. Um, you can see that right away, like her reaction easily show that, um, but she doesn't say anything. Uh, so Geneva just kind of, again, uh, goes to her page and she's like, uh, June Collins, two brothers, um, a mother that you believe passed away when she was young, maybe when you were young, um, and kind of lost connection with your dad. That's just some quick hit notes that we are able to gather on you in our scouting. Um, there's, there's, there's some, some. Uh, what do I want? What's the word? Heirlooms? Heirlooms? No. Um, trinkets. Doohickeys. Chachkeys. June interrupts. She kind of has had her arms crossed at this point. She leans forward and puts her arms on the table. Um, you guys have really done your research, haven't you? Hey, if we're able to find Pokemon, it's a hell of a lot easier to find people. And she, Geneva just kind of shrugs. Yeah. And she says, well, I guess if we're laying it all out here. And she reaches into her jeans pocket and she pulls out and slams on the table a pin um, that you would like attach like a lapel, like you would just attach to your shirt. Uh, and it's the it's the V symbol. It's just the V of the void symbol. And she says... I found that in my mom's stuff. She uh, she slams it on the table, you said? Yeah. Geneva snatches it up, and she goes, Oh, wow, I haven't seen one of these. And she's like turning it over in her hand, and she immediately looks at it, and she goes, Can I buy this from you? Absolutely not. And she reaches over to grab it back. Uh, Gen- and she says, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, Geneva doesn't like fight for it or anything. She clearly respects that it's yours and hands it back. And she goes, I, I've only heard of those. 
That's how we used, that was our secret identification between Void members when you were trying to show that you're with Team Void without explicitly saying it or having those outward conversations. And she rolls up her sleeve and kind of like, li- like lifts her arm to, to show you her tricep, like between her elbow and her armpit, her tricep. And she goes, now, now everybody gets these. And you just see like this glistening kind of, uh, very similar to our logo for the description, uh, is of the V tattoo, like on the back of her arm. Hmm. Um, and she goes, now, now we go with tattoos with special ink. They co- they confiscated and burned all those because we had lost too many to non void members. And it was an enormous compromise 25 years ago, uh, to to uh to our team i can't believe you still have one that is incredibly rare so um i don't think june would say any of this like she would probably leave it at i found it in my mom's stuff but i guess just for the audience do you want me to go through like a quick yeah snippet of my background yeah okay so june um June grew up in Saffron City. Uh, basically, you know, her family was poor. She was never uh, wealthy enough to kind of live in the high rises where, you know, the air was clean or there wasn't as much crime or whatever. Um, so she she lived on the streets with her family. Um, it, when she was really young, her mother did pass away and her father fell into like this alcoholic-driven depression. And so she pretty much was the woman of the house. She had to take care of her younger brothers uh, on her own because, you know, her her dad wasn't going to do any of it. You know, he worked but only made enough to keep them alive and she kind of, you know, cleaned the house, you know, fed her younger brothers meals, sent them to school, all this kind of stuff um, until finally they grew old enough to kind of leave the house and she was left with her dad. And then, you know, eventually alcoholism took over and and uh, her dad passed away and she was left with this empty house. Um, and she found, you know, upon rummaging through her, her dad's old stuff under the bed where he slept, there was a locked box and she cracked it open. And inside were photographs of her and her brothers and her mom and dad when they were really young and even dustier, older photographs of her father and mother together. And then she stumbled across another small box inside of this, which had a picture of her mother um, in a black uniform wearing this void pin uh, standing next to this beautiful Fox like um, Pokemon with like silky purpley um, ribbons coming from underneath its ears. It was just this beautiful, elegant, um, really cool looking Pokemon, which was a, um, what did I say it was? I forget the name of it now. Evolution. What color is it? Purple. Espeon? It was, uh, Espeon. That's what it was. Yeah. So she's standing next to this Espeon, um, which kind of, you know, June was amazed by this, that her mother had one of these mystical Pokemon that she had only heard of, never seen before. And inside that box was the void pin. So um, in that moment, you know, she had nothing going for her anymore. She left her home in search of anyone that would know information about 
where this pin came from and what it meant that her mother would have this Pokemon, um, you know, and through the networks, you know, inner cities through whether it be an intimidation or deception or whatever, she found out a little bit more information about this operation called void. And she made herself, uh, made her way to pallet town and kind of tried to put her in a position where she would be taken in by team void, um, the best that she could. And that's how she landed herself here. So that's kind of her story before all this. Excellent. But again, she wouldn't say that at the table. She would just kind of, you know, take the pin back. Um, and like in her mind, she just really wants to learn more about this place and what it's all about to, in, in a way to learn more about her mother. And, uh, you know, so when you, uh, take the pin back and Geneva obviously explains, you know, um, the, you know, after explaining the pin and everything, she kind of turns to June and kind of like Mortimer just kind of bopping between you two. And she goes, one of our best recruiting strategies is going down former members and finding like family, family trees off of them, um, Normally, they come from the same similar background, which is disparaged, waiting to, for something in their lives to change for either the better or the worse. And oftentimes, that's kind of how we get them to join. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But there are, they are our fast track to getting new members is essentially what, what she says. And she flips through her, her notebook once more and kind of spins over and she looks and goes, Jimmy, 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 you fucking mutant. And she's just <laughs> flipping through some pages and she's like, Jimmy, why don't you tell me why you think you got here? Well, I'll tell you one thing. And Jimmy now has like four beer glasses <laughs> inexplicably in front of him and empty as does Timber next to him. And he's uh, just casually playing with a deck of cards and doing little magic tricks for the Timber and sort of fascinating it uh, by uh, doing little tricks because uh, he's very dexterous. He has a deck of cards that he carries around with him everywhere. Um, the reason I'm here is because you fucking kidnapped me. <laughs> Geneva just starts <laughs> laughing, just starts <laughs> laughing, and uh, she goes, "Well, uh, yes, uh, but also here's here." Hey, 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 hey. can I say something else? <laughs> you fucking kidnapped me right when I was about to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs again, and she just raises her finger and goes thinks you're about to make a lot of money and she just goes through and she goes let me just hit some bullet points degenerate criminal suspicious moral compass <laughs> what are you police poor is this lady is this the police uh, the police she station just, are we at a police just, station she right she just now? looks you up and down poor dresser <laughs> terrible hygiene <laughs> oh i'm sorry the kidnappers don't like the way i dress the people who uh kidnap me think i'm some sort of criminal I, yeah, totally right. and she just she just laughs when <laughs> you on. say that and she goes jimmy you're here because you're exactly the type of people we need in here suspicious look we have what we call a noble cause but you gotta break some eggs to get this thing done and we are gonna be breaking a lot of eggs. You broke about 
100,000 eggs in a briefcase, <laughs> which was about to be in my hands until you showed up. Yeah, the person you were brokering the deal with was one of our Team Void recruits. It was a setup so we could get you. We just wanted to see how good you actually were. And that's when we brought you in. What are you talking true. about? I don't think it's true. I think it's a lie. She, she immediately uh, reaches into um, her pocket. And she kind of like roll waves for a second and she waves Toxicroak and Toxicroak like immediately darts out of the null and void. And you see him kind of like jump into the uh, black void market and then dart back and hands her like a little knapsack. And she reaches in and slams in front of the table 500 Poyen and slaps it in front of you. And she goes, I know for you money talks and we pay money here. So regardless if you care about what we're trying to achieve, you're here because you have no moral compass or a suspect one at the bat. As suspect one at best, we need your skills and we'll pay you. Are you in or are you out? June has never seen this much money <laughs> in one place in her life. She's eyeing it hard. Well, Jimmy snatches the money off the table immediately, obviously. Krogunk immediately hands with the talons just rest on your shoulders. What's up, buddy? <laughs> and it just Krogunk <laughs> doesn't move. And Geneva just looks at Krogunk, looks at you. Or excuse me, Krogunk. Toxicroak. Looks at Toxicroak, looks at you, and just goes, so are you in or are you out? He does a, a, a large f- theatrical flourish. He says, I'm in, <laughs> officer. <laughs> Geneva laughs again and then uh, kind of like nods at Toxicroak and uh, who just pats you on the shoulder like a child, like a parent does a child that's standing above him. Um, Toxicroak kind of goes back and squats on the table and she goes, so only one more thing to make this official. Now, wait, do we get paid too? And she, she's like... I, I mean, solid read on the situation. <laughs> she she reaches in <laughs> and and she she hands you each um, a bundle of five hundred po yen, and then also produces two black void pokeballs that she hands to each of you. Oh, and she shit. goes, "You probably never see anything out there on these missions, but we want to make sure you have something just in case." Um, we don't really, you know, like I said, you might have to do some some research or talk to different individuals, how you actually supposed to catch these things. I've never done that. I've never seen really anyone outside of some combat. So I've never caught one on my own, but they're here. They're yours to figure out. We give them to you. What do you guys say? We make this thing official. Now that I've given you Pokemon or team void has now that I've given you money, now that I've given you team void Pokeballs, the watches, you've got everything. There's just one last thing before uh, we can say you're officially indoctrinated into the very lowest tier of team void as grunts. Yay or nay. Are you going to make me get a tattoo? She just, as she just smiles and then rolls her sleeve down from when she rolled it up to show you all the tattoo. (laughs) Uh, June looks at Bud and in unison, they look back to Geneva and both. Well, I guess June says, yep, at the same time, but nods his head. Ghastly is kind of like floating around uh, Mortimer's head. Mortimer looks at at, uh, Geneva. I can only tell you one thing. 
Never going to let you down. And she looks at you and goes, never going to give you up. And, oh. <laughs> and then just she, her last swivel is just side eye over to Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy, who's, uh, you know, obviously now five beers in or whatever. Geneva, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you brought me on here to be, we'll say, the confidence man of the group. I'm a man of many masks, a man of many faces, man who may have to roll his sleeves up every now and again to get things done, if you understand what I'm saying. I can't just have markings all over my uh, body, which can cause me to be identified by the authorities, identified perhaps even as a, a some sort of criminal. She laughs again, and she just slaps you on the back. She's like, eh, I think you'll figure it out. <laughs> and she- can I, can we, can we do a, can we do a thigh, maybe? Uh... <laughs> The upper shoulder. So, so she, she, I, I'm, I'm making you all follow. Uh, enough of this conversation. She's making you all follow, <laughs> and 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 she, she, she's just got her. He's just saying this. Yeah, in the background. she's just like, you guys, just come with me. And she's like picking you up out of your chair, and she goes, Jimmy. The whole point of the tattoo is to have it somewhere where you can easily reveal it, and it's easily hidden. Of course, we're not going to have it. On your forehead. Yours is on your arm. Yeah, but it was on. She had a long sleeve shirt. She had to roll it up, and it was on her tricep. Okay. It was, I did say between elbow and armpit on her tricep. <laughs> um, so she leads you over to one of the remaining places you haven't actually seen, um, and that is the inkwell. And inside the inkwell is just this humongous old lady, just huge. And she she looks over. And says, Lola, we got three more ready to go. And she just kind of like is wrapping up a tattoo. You just kind of hear the And she looks over and she goes, have him take a seat. And uh, she, she, she looks over to the opposite corner of the room of the tattoo parlor. And she goes, Inky Pete, get them ready. Have them tell you where they want it. And you just see this, um, you see kind of like this dog, like this tan dog with a brown circle around its eyes and brown ears and a long wispy tail that kind of uh, <laughs> like fluffs at the end, which has like this green kind of dye running down it. Um, and uh, it, it kind of bounds over and kind of like pushes you all into your chair and is just kind of waiting for you all to kind of point where the tattoo's gonna go. Don't forget, you have watches that identify Pokemon now. Yes, June, June <laughs> immediately points the watch at this new Pokemon. And um, the, the, the Pokedex, or the, the uh, Void Grunt watch swerves for a second and just goes, Smeargle, the painter Pokemon. Colored fluids ooze from their tails, which they use to mark their territory and express themselves. Fun! So uh, June is going to kind of lift up her the side of her shirt a little bit and point to her rib cage. Um, and at the same time, Aaron's kind of like click clacking around her, like lifting up his arm and lifting up his leg and like showing the neck, like just trying to get in on the action. It's very cute. Uh, you just kind of hear the smear go like, <laughs> and like puts a little X on Aaron with like with its tail paint. And then Aaron is ecstatic and then uh, goes over to June and kind of squints and then does like the quick uh, the quick marking of the of the void kind of maze spiral V, um, which 
immediately begins to like kind of blur and saturate a little bit and then kind of pops into like this very, very bright purple. As Lola's wrapping up, uh, this doesn't. As Lola's wrapping up with her, uh, with the the, I guess a grunt that you let's say you recognize from the first episode as somebody that had passed. She comes over to you, and she just starts pressing very hard and just the uh, the tattoo gun kind of going following the the path that the Smeargle made, and that incredibly bright purple begins to fade a little bit. And then you can kind of see as you move in the light, it actually changes color from black to silver to like that bright purple to kind of like a dull purple. And it's like unlike anything you've seen before. Clearly a combination of the Smeargle uh, paint and the tattoo ink that was used caused, uh, you know, like an irreplicable uh, type of tattoo look uh, on your body. Sick. June is questioning, like, what what just happened? What was that? <laughs> Lola. To Geneva. Or Lola, or whoever's listening. Geneva just just goes, you're Team Void now. A little bit more permanent than that pin you got. Okay. So Mortimer uh, starts walking over to the chair, and as, as he's kind of walking over, Geneva, June, I'm, I'm going to need you all to look away. Lola's going to be doing the tattooing so she gets to see, but only my other sweet Tilly has seen what I'm about to show her. And he sits down and he starts taking off his boot and he puts his foot up and he points to, he points to the bottom of his bottom of his foot. Geneva like looks over her shoulder, just like, what is this old man doing now? Sees that it's your foot. And she just kind of reiterates easy to hide, easy to show. Like take off my boot and it's right there. She's just like fucking like scoffs and just like, yeah, whatever. Who sees uh, the bottom of your feet? And the the smeargle walks over and begins <laughs> to to paint the the V and just you just <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> like it's, it's just like the smeargle's just it's eh, like gagging. <laughs> eh. And then Lola comes over and no issues at all. She's just she's just she's just like looking at smeargle. Like, Get it together, Inky. And she just <laughs> presses the tattoo gun. And then you have the similar tattoo on the bottom of your foot going from black to silver to that very bright purple to a dark purple on the bottom of your foot. All of a sudden you see Bud's steel leg stick up from out of nowhere. Just right next to the foot. Thanks, Lola. By, uh, by chance, do you like to dance? I don't dance. Oh, that's too bad. And then she like, sp- like she's got <laughs> she's on this little stool that she's kind of like jettisoning around, uh, just like a, a spinning <laughs> stool with four wheels on the bottom. And she just shit whips over to uh, to Jimmy and is like, now Smeargle's kind of like sitting on like the the um, armrest of the chair, just waiting for you to make a decision. Bud looks dejected and waddles back over to June. I will get. A tattoo on my left shoulder blade. Smeargle, like, once you kind of, like, signal to it, I'm assuming you've, like, you want Smeargle to take your shirt off? What are we doing here? <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pull the shirt down like I'm getting a shot. Uh, sort of reluctantly, still rather against the tattoo. 
but I will uh, pull my shirt down and allow him to do his little uh, his little thing. Smeargle paints <laughs> on the the void spiral V, and uh, Lola comes through, finishes it off with the with the tattoo gun, and you all are now branded into Team Void. All right. This is uh, the moment you've been waiting for something to actually do that isn't milling around. Geneva, so- Geneva, um, Lola, <laughs> Lola, and Inky are here. Are you really going to like spill out on mission details in front of um, you know them, Mortimer? If you let me finish, <laughs> you would have seen that I would have brought you back over uh, to the Null and Void, where it's all people that run on missions. I mean, Lola, like, she's a me- Void member. Like it doesn't. Like you guys are brand new. It's not like a yeah, earth-shattering mission. We're going I, on missions here. Compartmentalization. Op security. Right? Geneva is, again, just... Christ. Just fucking... <laughs> to the null and void. <laughs> and she just <laughs> walks back across, orders four beers uh, and four browns, sets them on the table you guys were at, and was like, whenever you guys want to sit down, like first mission, uh, first thing we're going to ask you to do, prove your worth and see what you all can actually do. I'll sit down. Yeah, June, June, June pulls up a stool once again. Actually, but when I sit down, I kind of nudge Timber with my elbow and point to the bar, make a two, two finger uh, uh, symbol and uh, point back to myself. And he scuttles off to... Grab us a couple beers. June June kind of pats Bud on the back, and Bud waddles after Timber happily to uh, try to get his trainer a brew as well. Mortimer sits down and takes off his boot. <laughs> I could, uh, sure, whatever. Rick. Like, I'm, I'm not even gonna... Rick, I'm, Rick, I'm in some pain here. She Geneva <laughs> Geneva sees you take off the boot. And what clearly was an order for the table just smashes back the, the two, two of the, the uh, brown stuff shots. And she's just like, ugh, and just kind of like rubbing her brow. And she's like, okay, like, you, it's usually more official than this, but I'm you guys are just wearing me thin. So um, just give me a second. And she punches on her watch. She's like, yeah, Geneva. Yeah, they're in. I'll, yeah, yep. The Fort Cinnabar. Are you sure these are the three we want to send on that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. 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 All right. Well, um, they said this was going to be the easiest one. So you guys get the low hanging fruit. Um, to the south of Pallet Town is Fort Cinnabar. The most direct route to this former island um, is by the viaduct that was constructed a hundred years ago that connects Pallet to Cinnabar Island after the third uh, and final volcanic eruption created uh, such a rift that the water receded and uh, it's now connected by this viaduct. Uh, It's known as Fort Cinnabar instead of uh, Cinnabar Island because... Once that water receded and it was easily accessible, um, a military base was was put there. However, now that there's one military that represents all of the regions, um, it has been recently sublet out to a large food manufacturer called Dunright Foods Incorporated. Now, 
Again, they're saying it's the easiest because it's a food manufacturing plant, but I'm sure you all are going <laughs> to do so well. Um, we heard some intel that in Done Right Foods, it's actually just a front for a research effort where they're currently developing a tech called an electromagnetic radar. This radar picks up the electromagnetic waves of electric-type Pokemon to track them. We need you to get into that facility. Um, if they have a prototype, to take that. If they have plans for a prototype, to take those. If you can't leave with either of them, destroy them and bring and tell us what you found. But since they're maintaining the guise of a food company, I, we're assuming that ex like external resistance is going to be light because it still operates on a daily basis as a food manufacturer. So the question is, why is a food company dipping into this type of tech? Um, so anything you can learn about that is a bonus. It is pretty late in the night, so we'll leave in the morning. But do you have any questions? I yeah, I got a question, June, June Geneva. First. June 1st. June. Uh, thanks, thanks, Morty. I appreciate that, Morty. What does Void want with this electromagnetic radar, and why would we be taking it from somebody? Um, so fairly easy. Number one, the question is, uh, for us, why does a food manufacturer developing this type of technology? That's a really big question. Uh, number two, if Pokemon have gone extinct, the only people that operate with Pokemon that aren't team void are the, the, uh, industrial elites that are pushing us in that direction. Little team void history. When team void was found, we didn't use Pokemon. We were essentially um, uh, eco-terrorists that were trying to dismantle operations, um, and we were almost crushed to the point of non-existence uh, because our enemies were using Pokemon, and it, we didn't even know those were still in existence. So the question for us is, one, we can bolster, or the answer is, one, we can bolster our own uh, Pokemon by having a way to find more electric types, and two... If it's not us, it's them. And if it's them, we certainly don't want them getting a hold of all the electric type of Pokemon that are remaining on Earth. Geneva, um, three things. Number one, and most important, um, <laughs> I would avoid the use of the phrase eco-terrorist. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, obviously we're in now, but like, in general, that doesn't seem like um, a phrase that you might, you know, want to just throw around. Uh, number two, um, are we sure they're not trying to develop these? Uh, we used to have these things when I was younger. They were called microwaves. Positive it's not microwaves, more. Uh, okay. Um, and then number three, number three, and most important, uh, you said there was an, an, an aqueduct, a viaduct, um, a ductaduct. Uh, yeah, a viaduct. Is that, is that, is that, is that, that going to be swimming? Because I can't swim. Um, well, uh, for uh, Morty, I will say for those listening, um, the viaduct connects Pallet and Fort Cinnabar and was able to be built because after the last time uh, there was the volcanic eruption, all the water receded away that used to connect it by sea. So now that's a land transport in a straight shot from Pallet to Cinnabar. So no swimming, sir. Do I have, do so I have to walk? So we're walking. Do I have to walk all that way? You don't have to walk. 
we have uh, the... It's a legitimate question. We, no, it's a very legitimate question. You don't have to walk. You'll actually... Uh, we have for ground transport, we use Dodrios from this. I have no... Uh, is that a... a di- what's well, a, di- that, a didgeridoo? I feel like that will draw attention. We draw an to attention what? to ourselves. What, what are you talking? What's a do-do-do? On the way to this crime? Uh, it's... I mean, the only thing going to and from uh, Fort Cinnabar is the route from Pallet to Cinnabar. And we have pretty good idea of their schedule of when the food transports actually happen. We're certainly not going to send you down this this one lane shot to this spot uh, where it's heavily guarded. Also, or excuse me, where it's uh, heavily observed. Also, as I mentioned, they're from our understanding, they're really trying to hold down the impression of just a food manufacturing plant. So anything, um, so like, there's no real heavy surveillance that surrounds this because it's just a food manufacturing plant. Okay. Rule number one okay. is don't tell them, don't tell them what eco-terrorists. Right? <laughs> June just right. got a pat Smorty on the back, like, concur. good idea. I concur. And concur the, with that. the third, sh- the third shot of Brown is, uh, is in, uh, <laughs> Geneva's, uh, G- Geneva's gullet. Geneva, my dear, don't worry. I already have a plan. I could probably do this myself. I'll take these guys along, show them a little bit of this and that. We're going to walk right in the front door. Don't you worry. She goes, spot on. You'll be the first person to break into a food plant. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they, I didn't say we're going to break in. We're going to walk in. I'm going to walk in the front walk door. Walk into That's a food plant. She's just like, they literally gave you this because it's the least risk that we got. Like, the plant, like, it's a food or, plant. Or... They know that we are three unique individuals. You're unique, all right. <laughs> with very different uh, subset of skills. Geneva takes the last shot of brown and she goes, I'll see you all at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. M- me- meet me back here uh, and we'll get you together. I don't care if you have more questions, save them for tomorrow. And she like stumbles out and then throws an arm around her Toxicroak as she leaves and as she walks out the door she just yells back um your sleeping quarters are on g3 and then peels the corner and heads towards the elevator herself june checks her watch what time is it i uh, will say it's 1 a.m oh shit oh jimmy jimmy jam june bug it's it's way past my bedtime i've gotta <laughs> if we're gonna get up that early i normally go to bed at like seven He's in, Mortimer just kind of turns and walks, starts walking towards where he thinks the uh, sleeping quarters are. Yeah, June scoots out her chair, gives like a big stretch, and Aaron, who's beside her, kind of looks up and mimics the stretch. And uh, she says, yeah, well, eh, I guess we'll call it a night. We got a big day, Jimmy. We got to watch that one. And she points in the direction of Morty. <laughs> right. Jimmy heads straight back over to the gambling room. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Luke Pierre Luke sees Jimmy peel the corner uh just completely completely inebriated ah we're doing this again and <laughs> the pokeball just cracks open and Machamp grabs you and just frisbees your ass into the middle of uh into the middle of the open space and she goes we are closed for you. No gambling. No gambling in the gambling room. I understand. 
I understand. No gambling in the gambling room. I apologize, officer. I'll head back to my room. <laughs> Is that where we're going to end it? Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs>